That was Slayer's Temptation, uh, winning the Great Classic Albums category. So now basically what you're looking at is you're looking at Slayer in first place with nine points, Metallica with eight points in second, Megadeth in third place with uh, seven points, and Anthrax uh, sitting, oh, I'm sorry, Anthrax in third place with uh, seven points, and Megadeth in last with six points. So you can still eke it out, Dave. Let's you see, got if, two more see if that see if that will uh, if see if that will <laughs> stick or, or what kind of happens here. You know, we'll have to kind of see. So, um, so now we are on to. Oh no, I had it right, Did didn't you? I? Yeah, well, you were doing some. I'm sorry. Flies. Yeah, I yeah, was... that that was doing. So Megadeth is in third, Anthrax is in fourth. All right, I had okay. it right the first time I okay. said it. My apologies. It's like two thirty in the sorry, morning. Dave. I'm trying to do math. So Dave, we didn't try and slight you yet again. <laughs> so. Uh, Mark made the joke earlier, I think unironically, about uh, sometimes Megadeth seems like the redheaded stepchild of. of and I was And I, 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 I kind of laughed. <laughs> I'll let that kind of simmer out there. So, but now we're on to influence uh, in terms of the influence it's had on both the metal scene and the the music scene. Yeah, music in general, popular culture, pop culture, exactly. And so uh, this gets tough. You know, we we argued for quite a while about uh, the bottom two, actually, which was kind of interesting. And I I even made a pitch for one of these two bands at the bottom to to possibly duke it out for for top two. Um, I would never put them in first place, but just in terms of like the the impact they've had maybe on on music and stuff. But we'll we'll get to that when we get to it. So a little I, bit of a stretch, I guess. Yeah, it is a little bit of a stretch. I, I just, I was just, I, I like to spitball things, you know. But yeah, in the in the as far as uh, so where do you where do you approach this? How do, how do you look at influence? Do you see it as more influence on metal or influence on music, or how do you weigh the, a category like this? Well, let's start with uh, with Dave for a second. Okay, Megadeth is one of those weird bands that I'd never see any overt like reference in another band or like they're pulling in like t- copycats. Or I never have like heard another band that sounds like Megadeth to be yeah. honest. Me, Arch Enemy has some, some things going on that have some Megadeth qualities isms. to them. Yeah. Isms. I or would never Marty say Friedman isms or something, yeah, but sure. But they're not, I don't know what their influence is to be honest. It's, it always has shocked me or surprised me. I shouldn't say shocked me, but it's surprised me how big they've gotten with um, how like Dave's vocals are not, like from a mainstream audience, what does that even they're sound like? Pretty attractive, like? yeah. It's just a weird. They're weird. Like mm-hmm. I mean, he he owns his voice, but how does that? I don't know. Understand how that appeals to a mainstream crowd. Now, do you think that there are some bands like that were maybe not into that probably have like a lot of Megadeth influence, like you know your your Lamb of Gods, your Triviums, like some of those kind of like Avenged Sevenfolds, maybe that, that maybe they are drawing on that. I I feel like they might, but I don't know enough about any of those bands. Uh, to I've know. heard a little bit of Trivium. I don't really hear that. They seem more like Metallica or something like that, or like Wannabe. Like, Avenged Sevenfold, Super Anthemic. Yeah. Which, yeah, which works, I, but sure, I, I don't, I just, I don't, I've never understood Megadeth's appeal, to be honest. Yeah, it's a really weird thing, and like, there, I, I do maybe against the guitar teachers, the guitar techs of the world, the people that like, but like vocally, the like lead, the lead guitar players of the world who aren't <laughs> writing the songs, but are like playing maybe. like some of like the the. Consistent I can see notes. the underdog aspect. Of that he's got to work twice as hard because of you know all the other aforementioned <laughs> all, Metallica all stuff. things, yeah. But like vocally, like like Brian Johnson, yeah, weird voice. Sure, uh, Udo from Except, mm-hmm. weird voice. Axl Rose has a weird like. There's a lot of people with weird voices. Yeah, but Axl, Axl not quite as Axl much. Axl kind of has a quality. Yeah. when he sings right. That but works. Dave doesn't sing. 
No, he just he kind of croaks, kind of croaks and snarls and, a little. Like it's just it's such a weird thing that they are up there at probably at number two as far as sales go between them and Metallica. Yeah, easily. Yeah, for sure. It's weird. No, I, I agree. I, that is weird. So, so ultimately, that. So I, ultimately, I don't think they have. I don't. They see haven't had that influence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I would probably have to agree. I think, you know, some people like get, uh, like you could do a Dave Mustaine impression in pop culture, and people might know, like, "Hello, me." You know, like if you do that, well, like I think someone might laugh, like, uh, yeah, or, or from Beavis you know? by her, or from just like growing up with a little bit of MTV, sure. like sure. they might just kind of know. Or they might know the baseline because it was the baseline to MTV and the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, I mean, there was like this inadvertent. Yeah, in the midst of like Countdown to Extinction, there was this weird zeitgeist moment for a while where like Dave Mustaine was everywhere on MTV. He was doing the get out the vote. He was doing the rock the vote thing for Clinton, and he was ironically, (laughs) you like that. And then also he did the national anthem before celebrity uh, MTV like softball games, and he would do like Jimi Hendrix style on his flying. V, and I remember that as a kid. I was like, "Oh, that's really cool!" Like he's doing Those it like thrash metal on his shoulders, probably something. Or shoulders so, on his uh, on wrists. His, uh, wrists. Yeah. So, so ultimately, you know, Megadeth is going to fall into fourth place in terms of influence here. And as far as we're, I guess, where we're both seeing it from. Sure. And I would see, and the reason why, like for me, it's it's a real easy debate between them and and Anthrax is Anthrax has had more of a strange influence, like on pop culture. Um, it might be because of nine eleven. Uh, it might be because was that, well, it might be because Scott Ian had an incredible presence on VH1. Yeah, Scott Ian was on the 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 show where he was in a band with Nugent and Sebastian Bach, and uh, but he's also on all those like pop up video things, the it. '80s show yep. or the I love the '80s, I love, I love the, the '80s, '90s, the 90s, things like that. He's got an iconic look with the goatee and mm-hmm. the, the bald head. But then I think you know when you look at influence, not just on pop culture, you you know you look at the influence on on metal and music and i think the thing that puts them over the edge and whether or not this is a good or a bad thing they might have unleashed a, a the genie that can never be put back in the bottle but you know we open up with i'm the man and i'm the man was kind of a novelty sort of single that anthrax did and uh it showed that anthrax had an interest in other genres of music outside of of just like say thrash and punk and and, metal and we're willing and stuff like to that. expose them. and they and they would wear them on their sleeves and I think it's I think it's not by accident that they're the East Coast band because in the early eighties that's when like New York hip hop is like a thing and New York hip hop was coming out of the same areas that punk was and a lot of the punk people I mean that's how Beastie Boys went from hardcore punk to like rap mm-hmm. you know because like originally a lot of early hip-hop was like black punk you know what i mean it yeah had that kind of fierceness and stuff like that that the you know and you would hear like blondie doing stuff with like punk obviously is where she was coming out of but then she did like uh the the rapture you know where mm-hmm. she's like rap and so there was like a weird crossover sort of interest and then so you know you get public enemy doing like bring the noise and they name check anthrax you know uh, thrash this for anthrax you know chuck yeah. d's kind of rapping about that and that was kind of like a cool little moment and then of course anthrax when they would play live would wear public enemy shirts on stage and it became a thing and mm-hmm. eventually as most of you know historically they do bring the noise and you can make the argument that that song single-handedly kind of opened the floodgates for kind of like rap metal and it paved the way for rage against the machine it paved the way for for other bands that um <laughs> didn't do as many cool things with it uh obviously the whole new metal scene you know i think like you know 
the the corns, the the deft tones. The I mean, the direct parts. like antecedent is Limp Biscuit. <sighs> On some level, is the mo- the most pure that, incarnation. <laughs> like white yeah. man uh, not knowing any kind of context of what they're talking about, taking that idea and moving yes. it to just yes. some piece of bullshit. Although I would make the argument that Anthrax probably knew what Chuck D was talking about because they oh yeah, probably, politically sure. they yeah. understood. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were also, more, I think Anthrax, I would see the closest thing that would bring the noises is that first Rage Against the Machine record in '92, like where it's there's some serious politics, there's some serious, oh, like, sure. metallic kind of like hit in the face moments. I was and just saying, Limp Biscuit is the, the that's that's a white guy that has no idea yeah. of the context of that. Or Take, Kid that's Rock, what he got of it. Kid Rock, Limp Biscuit, Kid Rock those are kind ultimate. of like the the, the worst At least end with, of that spectrum. I can't believe actually, I'm saying cra- this. Crazy Town Butterfly is the worst it gets. We should do but, an episode. <laughs> Just no, you need to go listen to uh, the Roach Coach podcast. A friend of mine uh, does, that we might has done. maybe do like a, a team up with down the road. Yeah, so they they talk about that with much more patience than <laughs> yes. I than I ever could. But Anthrax is one of the few. I mean, out of the big four that had humor mm-hmm. injected into their well, they were huge comic book fans and they like loved talk, Stephen King. Thing about like, fucking Judge Dredd. And, yeah, like Metallica was a little bit more. Like outs, the albums were dead serious. Yep. Outside of it, the alcoholica stuff, like you know, jokey, whatever. Slayer, dead serious, and interviews across the board. Sure. Megadeth. Megadeth. I don't know how they came off because I don't. I don't really see a lot of interviews from that era. Dave was way into drugs. Dave. I mean, Dave was Dave. He. Nobody else in the band was really on yeah. the radar as far as the public eye was concerned. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. So but. it's a weird because I think he, the the humor thing gets you a lot more. People. I don't know. I, if I see people have a sense of humor about what they're doing, it, it makes me more like more endeared to them sure. a little bit, you know. And I think you can make the argument that even outside of Anthrax, the stuff that Charlie was doing with like SOD was really interesting and important to like metal history too. Yeah, and he was bringing his kind of like drumming style, like the whole Charlie don't cheat. That Charlie may have been the one that invented kind of the blast beat. I think I think him and a couple other guys. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. and if again, and this is where you know, like I would make a very passionate. He's the most argument. proficient guy at the sure, speed. Sure. Sure. And that's why I think you know, even though Anthrax may have lost the great classic albums category last, I think in terms of like influence, they've they've done more stranger, unique things that have like la- had like a lasting weird influence that didn't seem completely out of character. Sure. Sure. For yeah. Them. I mean, in a weird way, like you can listen to Bring the Noise and it's not bad. Like there, I didn't think it was bad. It's, it's, when it first good, came it's out. good. It's heavy as shit, you yeah. know. And like there was an edge to Public Enemy too. They and at were, the time, I liked both bands. Yeah, because Public Enemy was like heavy for rap. I mean, they were yeah. like they were well, serious shit. They were you know? yeah, they were angry. Militant, you know? They were talking about real things. Sure, they used Slayer samples in their songs yeah. and things like that. You know, and so. it was hard. It was hard in general. So. Yeah. So that's where so Anthrax slots in at number three, and then we have this debate again: Slayer, Metallica thing I made the argument passionately is if you're trapped in the metal category, mm-hmm. I think based on our podcast, Requiem Metal Podcast, where we tend to look a little bit more into extremity, I think Slayer wins if you're only looking at like metal. Because you could say that Slayer draws a direct line out of Slayer to black metal, to grindcore, to death metal, to metalcore, mm-hmm. even to like what At The Gates did. You know, this sure. amalgamation, you know, like it's a lot of like sped up, you know, tremolo riffing and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, not that At The Gates wasn't drawing from Metallica and, and really they were drawing a lot from like the the German thrash stuff too. Sure, know, all absolutely. those Gothenburg bands were. But 
you know, you look at like any metalcore band or like even like Converge or you look at those and they're like draped and bathing in Slayer riffs because there's something kind of It's not the simple, riffs, the, uh, the, the, the actual, the riff, the um, picking style. The picking style, exactly. Yeah. There's something about Slayer that's like, um, just appeals to like the punk kind of people and the metal kind of people. Well, Henneman was a sort of huge... Ways. That's all he listened to is Absolutely. fucking punk music. Yeah, TSOL and, and some of that kind of stuff. Kennedys and all that, you yeah. know. And so, so again, if you're just looking in that scope, Slayer, I think, would win this category. But then it becomes the debate on, you know, there are Metallica, like, copycats, obviously, within metal. But then you look at, like, pop culture. And you look at, like, how big is Metallica in, like, a pop culture sort of way. Well, also, they were the first thrash band to break. Yeah. They were. That got everybody on board, all the majors, like, these. this can make us money. Yep. So, for good or bad, they help commoditize <laughs> the whole sure. the whole thing. So You know, I mean, they've played on every continent in the world now, because they played mm-hmm. the Antarctica show. They're playing China again next month. Yep. You know, I mean, um, I mean, they've headlined some of the biggest kind of tours, like, ever, mm-hmm. you know, um, biggest festivals and things like that, you know. Like I think a, a song like Enter Sandman has tr- there is no song that Slayer will ever make that will transcend and become a classic rock song. And there I don't think there's a song that Megadeth wrote that will be a classic rock song, or that Anthrax wrote that will technically be a classic rock song. And to me, Enter Sandman, you could play that next to ACDC Back in Black and Led Zeppelin Stairway to Heaven, and it makes yeah, sense. Absolutely. And so like. For better or for worse, you can hate them for that because, like, now you're stuck with that song for the rest of eternity in the same way you're stuck with, like, you know, Highway to Hell or which I love that song, but or like I just don't listen to the radio, so it doesn't affect. Yeah, me exactly. But but the people that do, it's, yeah. it's there, you know. So I don't know. Well, and that ekes up Megadeth for like they actually do have stuff on the radio. That's so. true. Sweating bullets and Anthrax. I don't really know if there's much. Maybe something off the new record. I don't listen to the radio enough to. Yeah, maybe I, on you hear breathing, or something, breathing. But. Uh, Breathing lightning, breathing lightning on the radio sometimes. Slayer like definitely that. no, no. Maybe in a God Davida cover, <laughs> yeah. if somebody's feeling spunky, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> it, it is weird for because Slayer's like the least commercial of all these, but yet they've probably had just as, as certainly as big of an influence as anybody in metal. You Absolutely. Know? Um, so it's interesting because they're successfully commercially too. It's, it's crazy it is thing. weird. Yeah, they they you know Slayer fans are very passionate. You know, I think like the height of their the height of their power was seasons. Yeah, for sure. Because I remember hearing War Ensemble on the fucking classic rock station. You could, yeah, and Z ninety three, which was like our station up near Mount Pleasant that you could hear stuff on. You know, um, I guess you also have like the debate on which was a bigger record in all time. You know, some people have said that Raining Blood is the most important record in the history of metal because it it influenced every other genre. You know, you could put that next to like Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, or, you know, and then some people have said, well, Master of Puppets had that kind of influence too, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. You know I mean? It, it, if you said to me, Slayer, Rain and Blood is maybe the most important record to happen to extreme metal, I might say yes, because it's, it's like the gateway drug to death metal. For a lot of people, like mm-hmm. no one had heard a record that fast or that aggressive. You know, I mean, you hear a song like "Piece by Piece" or something like that, or "Jesus yeah. Saves," and you're like, you're basically in death metal. You just don't have the vocals yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, the drumming is so like crazy. The the riffing's just so crazy. But but again, we're not talking about death metal. We're talking the whole the, the whole, whole enchilada, yeah. as, as you will. 
not just genre, but even outside of metal. Mm-hmm. And so, having said that, I think you got to give Metallica the edge here. Yeah, I would agree. I think Metallica will, you know, like the cockroaches will will last after the the, the nuclear apocalypse. You know, there'll be some. Well, I'm still like thinking of their '80s output. Like they were nobody knew who the fuck they were until what 86 when they opened for Ozzy on that tour sure i mean in a general sense yeah but and they kind of like made themselves famous without and, mtv yeah it was i, I mean one helped a lot pure determination yeah. too like yeah. um even seeing like the heavy metal parking lot where people are asking like who who do you, who'd you come to see ozzy or metallica and like metallica. ozzy's fucking lame metallica's yeah. the best yeah people who got it got it like, you know what that's I mean? pretty fucking huge yeah uh, i guess <laughs> that doesn't be- happen much anymore where the opening act in that level of uh of national stage sure. is that you know yeah is that, that vocally like holy shit this is the next big thing yeah it paved the way for themselves you know and so you got to give them that so and they didn't compromise nope. what they wanted to do nope some people would say the black album a little bit but that's what they wanted to do and they wanted to do load and reload against maybe their better wishes and like well they toured for what fucking five years on those that goddamn record live binge and purge Jesus that's I mean that can make you insane going from a relative like a a big national act to a fucking huge worldwide act yeah like that can really change you especially like you're 30 years old 27 years old I remember how much that like the live stuff really dominated MTV too like on Headbangers Ball there were like live videos for like five different songs Mm -hmm. you know Whiplash Search and Destroy For Whom the Bell Tolls like a lot of songs from like the early output of their that they never act, had videos they never for, had videos for yeah. but like got like a second life through that, you know. And so, you know, again, Slayer's never Slayer just will never get to that kind of category. They might have like They're a on, longevity uh, sports center though, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they yeah, yeah. On sports center. They do have like kind of a weird, <laughs> you know, and they've almost replaced, uh, you know, play Freebird with play play some Slayer. Like that's yeah. like a thing you yell from like a crowd now, Slayer, mm-hmm. instead of like Skinner. You, you, yeah. So it's almost become like a like I can say Slayer to my students, and my students are kind of like, oh, we kind of know who Slayer is, you know. And they're like the the next level of Alice Cooper. Yeah, really. yeah. They're shocking. Cooper's never been. I mean, he's he's big, but he's never been as huge as, like, Zeppelin. No, for sure. So, I mean, but he's always been consistent. Mm -hmm. Slayer, consistent, you know? And, I mean, Slayer, we were talking about this with Anthrax. I mean, Slayer snuck on to, you know, No Sleep Till Brooklyn uh, Mm -hmm. from Beastie Boys. And, and like I said, Public Enemy sampled some of their riffs. And uh, there's one kind of crazy, weird, this is going to be way out of your wheelhouse, but there was a band called Atari Teenage Riot that did a lot of stuff with... uh, with Slayer riffs and things like that. There was a great song they had called Destroy 2000 Years of Culture that was like, had did skin mask kind of as like the main riff. And, you know, so like it's, uh, Slayer's always, no one, no metal fan hates Slayer. You might be disappointed with newer Slayer, but sure. like, but you will find metal fans who hate Metallica because they're pissed. They're mm-hmm. like, they're so betrayed by like things Metallica's done. They're, they're like, like, yeah, I'm done with Metallica. And no one ever feels that way about Slayer, even if you don't like some of their newer stuff as much. You never feel like Slayers turn their back on metal. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, you I mean, could, that's all they are. Yeah. You could make an argument that Metallica at a certain point was kind of like, eh, we're but over. But that's this. fine. They did. I mean, an adult. It doesn't I'm, bother me. I'm okay with it. I'm, I can I'm live totally with it. fine with people doing something different. It's never going to take away these first couple. Yeah. Just right. like with a good director, if you did a couple great, like, early De Palma stuff is super interesting, and his later stuff I find boring as shit. Yeah. 
Even but like that, early Coppola. Yeah. It's great. The early stuff I'm not going to negate everything else. Yep. yep. So, so with that said, to, Metallica wins the day. Metallica wins the category. So congratulations to Metallica. You have uh, the most influence of the big four on metal and on uh, big the, the music world. And so in honor of that, Mark decided to pick out a song that we were joking about earlier that I... Uh, oh, about your knees to the Phantom Lord. Yes, I, I, I was saying, you know, I know Kill em All pretty well, but there's like two songs on here that I, <laughs> I, I hardly ever listened to. And I mentioned like Phantom Lord and... Uh, it's, it's reminiscent to Seek and Destroy. It's kind of... Well, is this similar. not one of the songs that uh, Mustaine co-wrote, right? That's how we arrived on talking about Phantom Lord. I think this is oh, one of it? them. Yeah. I think he okay. co- co-wrote like... Uh, Four Horsemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man, I just lost it. No, uh, Motor Breath, maybe, uh, and Jump in the Fire, perhaps. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm that. just making this up. I, I just, I just looked at it. I just looked at it. But I think Phantom Lord is one of the others, and I was like, oh, I don't know that one as well. So uh, enjoy Phantom Lord from Metallica from Kill 'Em All in honor of me.
That was Phantom Lord from Metallica's Kill 'Em All from 1983. And uh, Mark, we are on to our final category. And what we have right now in the big four is uh, we got a two way tie at the top between Metallica and Slayer. We've got the Phantom Lord versus the Slayer. Uh, yeah. The Metal Storm. The Metal Storm versus the Phantom Lord. And uh, so it's a dogfight going in this last category to see if uh, one of these two will eke out uh, a victory. And then we versus actually have. A NFL versus uh, Eye the Tornado. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going for a sports metaphor when you oh, said no. NFL. I was like, wait, where's fucking life, where, man? Where, where's where's NFL going? I was gonna say the USFL, which is a really obscure, or like um, the XFL, which was um, oh, Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. Yeah. yeah, they're doing a thirty for thirty documentary on XFL, which I'm pretty excited watch, about. When's the Ric Flair one coming out? Uh, I think around the time of WrestleMania, they're gonna try and time when it is around, that? which is like uh, late March, early April. Jesus so, Christ! Yeah, I know. But that means it'll be just extra perfect. All right. Ric Flair, Ric Flair was just on Raw the other night. Finally came back nice. after many months. Yeah, he's against Every morning his daughter. On Facebook when I great. wake up, uh, I get there's something of, you know, three or four different things of him and George Takei talking. Yeah. Oh, nice. Makes it all worthwhile. That's good. Um, and then we've got a fight for who is going to be in the doghouse. Uh, right now, Anthrax and Megadeth are tied in th- uh, with eight points going in this final category. This final category is way more of a subjective one. This is a yes one. I'm gonna let I'm gonna turn this over to the artist here for a moment to talk about imagery and iconogra- uh, iconography and, and things like that and kind of how we debated this. Oh, we've got cover art, which is a pretty big deal, or can be. That was like at least pre-internet. That was my inroad to to metal music. I'd go to the record store, whatever record cover really jumped out at me. That's how we did it. Death Leprosy, yes, please. Yep. Um, there's a couple of real, you know, turds in there, but also take into account stage imagery, like what's sure. their personal kind of like, do like nobody dresses up really? Yep. I mean, I guess Slayer wins for spikes. Yeah. So Slayer had a definitely um, the image with the, the upside down cross kind of things that they would do. Uh, like if you look at the back of like Live Undead and Shona yeah. Mercy and Hell Awaits, like the the way that they they dressed in the early years, the Metal Blade years, yeah, well, yeah, uh, they definitely had like kind of a little more leather and spikes. But Carrie King's though, like especially even into the eighties, like Rain and Blood era had that huge, yeah, you know, gauntlet, gauntlet thing, thing of yep. nails. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the fuck he ever played anything, but everybody like Metallica, Megadeth are pretty much jeans and t shirt guys. Dave always wore the button up white shirt. Yes, he did. Uh, in jeans, and the Anthrax was more kind of just like they had like clothes. kind of a street kind of hardcore kind of style, which I kind of always Scott thought Ian was cool. always wore shorts. Yep, wore like shorts, deck short or like board shorts. They kind of had like a skater look to them, almost yeah. like skater thrash, kinda and then like, Charlie, almost like suicidal tendencies. Charlie cut his hair, yep. had the rat tail for a while, yep. and now he's just had that same look. Scotty went bald before, you know. I mean, yeah. they were like uh, they were kind of ahead of the curve, almost like the first of those thrash bands to start like going short hair, and then like then you got I think Harry King. necessity. Some of them. Then you got Carrie King, and then of course Metallica did the, the whole load haircut, like yeah. fashion model kind of mode or something. Which I I can I don't really 
dis- discredit or begrudged Metallica for cutting their hair because I, mean, I went through that phase well, of being uh, a metalhead forever. And look then. at me, I I don't dress the part, but like, yeah. there's probably people that see me at shows and probably think, "Who's this like accountant that's just like?" But you're out. not on national stage looking one way. And that's true. That's you come true. out a year later, but I kind of like, wear there's a badge of honor that like I could in like a battle like really like just like run circles around them in terms of like metal cred. <laughs> you know, what yeah, I mean? yeah, like yeah, like it almost like makes me kind of like happy that I'm like taken. You for don't granted. need it. No. Yeah, exactly. I don't need to dress the part exactly. or whatever. So, so we talked about that. Then there's the whole idea too, like when you talk uh, about mascots and you got you know Vic, uh, Vic Rattlehead, Vic Rattlehead from Megadeth. You don't. I mean, we, we you could really maybe like eke out a mascot from the others. You there's got that the, Anthrax uh, guy that Sergio Argonis drew the guy with the mustache. Yeah, I don't know what his name is. I don't know either. Didn't look it You've up. got the the Wershmott, like skull from Slayer that wasn't really on their album covers but was kind of part of like their t-shirt merchandising. The Show No Mercy weird uh I wish he I don't had know exactly become, like what? their their mascot. <laughs> if, if that guy with the goat dude, if he was uh in the center of the labyrinth yeah, guy, he, you know, whatever the Manator yeah, versus the, you know meets the Baphomet guy. Yeah, exactly. That would have been That's really fantastic. really cool, but uh they didn't kind of pursue that. So there's a lot of different things kind of going in uh, to all this, and, and you know, but I think obviously to me, what what I think was the strongest pull of this was the album covers. Yeah, that was like first and foremost. Because really, the the bands weren't the they're de- the delivery mechanism, but they're not like they're not Kiss or Alice Cooper or mm-hmm. Ghost or somebody that's a theatrical band. Sure, like that in yep. that capacity. Yeah, I mean even like Motley Crue with like explosions and different stuff that they would well, do. South on the stage. Devil era was pretty yeah interesting. But yeah, they light themselves on fire and stuff. I mean that was pretty pretty you know Alice Coopery if you will. Yeah. Um. So for me, I think you know when you look at who who's going to finish in fourth place here, I think in terms of album covers. It was real easy that we went with Anthrax. Anthrax, unfortunately, has the least interesting album covers of any of the bands. Um, Spreading the Disease and State of Euphoria have kind of like a, a common like imagery sort of going with like madness of some sort. Yeah. Um, or you know. And I think the artist that did those looks like he's the 2000 AD, the the British comic. Okay. It might be that it might that be did one like of those. some of the Judge Dread. Yeah, so stuff. that might be something like Simon Bisley did some shit with. Yeah, them, I know Bisley was more did like merch before Lobo. Yeah, so. Um, but I do I like the Among the Living cover purely because it looks like the weird guy that was dying of pancreatic cancer in Poltergeist Two. Okay, that comes around to see sure, Carol sure. Ann before. And I happen. think and I I told Mark I think that and he's, the and the tall man. But. Uh, yeah, he kind of looks like Phantasm, the tall man, Angus. Uh, Angus Scrim. Scrim, yeah. Um, that that I think it's stand the stand. I almost said Stand by Me, which is technically Stephen King. Yeah, um, it's a good movie. Yeah, but it's uh the character I think uh, Randall Flag or, or something from the Stand. He's like the Satan kind of figure. I think that's who that oh, is. Oh, in the, the miniseries, the guy with the mullet. Yes, okay. that guy. I think that's who it's supposed <laughs> to be. But don't quote me on that. I just remember reading that like in the Decibel interview years ago when they were talking about the cover imagery and what influenced their songs. And okay. I'm pretty sure Among the Living's about the stand. They were the most uh, blatant pop culture. For sure, you know, they were kind like of devotees. They kind of were like uh, they're like us. If we like, yeah, you know, like we would probably include all these weird things in there. Uh, we also brought into like logos and stuff like that, and you know, Anthrax's logo is pretty like okay, but it's their like, logo standard. influenced Carcass's logo. Did it really? According to Jeff Walker, huh? That's cool. Did not know that. Yeah. Huh. Well, maybe that maybe makes. <laughs> well, there's it just in, in terms of album covers. Uh, yeah. Anthrax is in fourth place, so that leads us to uh, to third place now. And so, um, why Megadeth? I mean, they got Vic. 
They've the got a Peace Sells cool is a great cover. Peace Sells great cover. Um, Rest in Peace. Rest in Peace is a good cover. It's, kind of, it's like X-Files, which I kind of like. It's fine. Being an X-Files guy. Yeah. Uh, Countdown Extinction is not a bad cover. It's kind of like that like skeletal. like. Uh, it looks like, like the guy from Unforgiven, though. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think they do that, right? <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. what I was, oh, every Dave, time I saw. I was like, Dave, did you steal that from the Unforgiven like, video? Man. Come on, Dave. <laughs> I uh, saw that guy in a in a movie recently too. Do you really? That old man that's yeah. digging up the wall or yeah. whatever. If that's Unforgiven or if it's it is uh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's Unforgiven. Yep. I was getting that confused with nothing else matters video. But they have had some decent covers I for think, sure over the even the dystopia, dystopia cover, is a great cover it's like cg-ish but it's it looks it's interesting it's more of a modern take on and on it's Vic. actually the better maybe the best cover too of, of the the big four uh recent output the slayer cover is pretty good but it's Repentless one's good metallica cover is fucking shit terrible i hate yeah. it the anthrax one's like classy but simple it's alex ross yeah comic artist yep. it's he's done the last their last three i think okay yeah i like it. it's kind of like a like a, a it's, I like really. the pomposity of having these big uh, statues, like uh, religious icons of, of bands. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, I like a little bit of that on the nose shit, but for uh, sure. But but ultimately, you know, Megadeth just doesn't have the sort of iconic covers like outside of maybe Peace Cells. Peace Cells is pretty iconic. Like yeah. you could show that to most people. The color scheme of it is really unique. The kind of but Vic is a mascot. I've never read anything about where the fuck he came from. If that yeah. was something the art director. Or just kind of accidentally kind of, kind of was invented or something, yeah. you know. But that eked him over the the anthrax. Yep. yep. So so then so that means Megadeth is going to end up in third place, and Anthrax, sorry, of the big four, you are uh, you're going to finish with nine points and be in a fourth place. Megadeth squeaks in at, at third place with ten. So congratulations to those two. Now we've got a dogfight between the top two. Who's going to be? Uh, According to our really arbitrary categories, the most uh, impactful of of the big four, and well, so we've got uh, you know, kill them all. Yep, pretty interesting yep. cover. Not not my favorite, but it's. Uh, it I told Mark think. it might have it might have given them an edge in my mind if they were able to get the uh, metal up your ass, as the toilet the, with the, the metal fist yep, up the butt. Yep. So, uh, and then. I think I Ride think the Lightning is pretty, pretty iconic, just with the, the lightning bolts and the color scheme, the blue, you know. I just remember um, seeing, when I saw the Injustice and the Master Puppets cover at the store. Those made you want to buy them. Yeah. Those made me want to buy them. For sure. And, and I, I think that was that, just like, that was like looking at a fucking Iron Maiden cover, but like cooler. Sure. Like more edge or something. Yeah, yeah. That. I mean, Master Puppets, you got to like kind of stare at like the crosses, like what, what, what's kind of in, you know, at the time, I think I thought it was more of like a religious overtones. I didn't know it was like drug abuse and, you know, death from drugs and all that sort of stuff. Well, and I didn't know the context of the whole like Arlington Cemetery thing that's yeah. in it. And like, you know, I was sure a fucking teenager. I didn't know all this shit. But I think the Justice Lady like speaks... Yeah. Like, you know, uh, pretty huge in terms of, like, their stage show, too, that they had, like, yeah. the Justice Lady on the side of the stage and, and things like that. Um, and it hit me as, like, it was almost as, um, like, powerful as me, like, seeing Planet of the Apes for the first time and not knowing the ending. Gotcha. And yeah, you see, you know, for sure. You know. I'm not going to say spoilers on a movie from fucking 1968 or whatever, but... Seeing like that, like taking a, a basic a symbol. You're talking of, about the Lincoln Memorial at the end yeah. of the Tim Burton one, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But I, <laughs> spoiled. <laughs> taking the Statue of Liberty that's supposed to show the you know the uh, inclusiveness and freedom that's offered in the states, and that it's a shriveled husk yeah. at the end of the you know the end of the world, yep. but showing yeah like the the dichotomy of the justice system. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it's a very on the nose thing. But to a teenager, it's 
it was it hit it just hit everything. It's yeah, perfect. Pretty mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. The problem you have is, you know, you have the black album, which you know is like unique in its Spinal Tapish, mm-hmm. Beatles white album kind of like way or whatever. And then after that, eh, that's it. <laughs> that's I mean, it. I mean, you got the like whole like notoriety of like the the blood and cum, like load reload kind and, of stuff and that was which, some some like famous photographer sure. I, I didn't give a Whatever. shit yeah and it's fucking uh, metallica i want to say anger covers. Whew, bad you know i mean at see, least it was pushead yeah that's true but it, that's the only the color was so it was weird just, just everything gearish. was weird about it but death magnetic was like it's fine it's fine yeah but that's and then hardwired is not good i hate it it's terrible yep so you know, i think that, if they would have had a painted cover by whatever dude did that shit because I think the same guy that did Master did uh, Injustice, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And I think Ride. Possibly. I want to say, there's something like really consistent But about Injustice those three had such good Pusshead merch yeah. through that era. I was just like, I'd never, I couldn't, my dad wouldn't take me to see a fucking Metallica concert. Yeah. So I just They're the only big like, force oh, wow. I haven't seen. Me too. I'm actually willing to go now because I just feel like with I Bowie had, and other people, I just sure. need to see bands before they're done. I had. A free ticket to Orion Fest that was at Belle Isle four years, years ago, ago or yeah. whatever. I left. Um, my my now wife, her mom was getting married that day. Uh, and I was like, okay, I got to go and do some business and I'll come meet you. Ten minutes after I left, they did a Kill 'em All set unannounced. I was standing 10 feet from where they were playing. It's like, God oh damn it. Yeah, that's that's would have been great to see. For sure. Yeah, I've never seen them. I've, now, now, I now I want to, just because, like, again, we're reinvigorated a little bit with this new album. It's like, okay, if I'm going to see them, like, let's let's do it before, yeah. like, maybe Well, I they think really... they're going to play Ford Field or something, so. Which is fine. I saw Guns there, and it was good. You know? How, where were you sitting, and how much you pay for tickets? Uh, I think we paid, like, 75 which is fine. We have good seats. Been 100 for Sabbath, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Like we're we're getting old. We gotta see these bands before they get old. So then, it, so then you got that, and then you go to like the stuff. Uh, you know, we lo- we already talked about the the guy on the cover of uh, Show No Mercy, which kind of has a, a a juvenile but like yet kind of cool. Like I love it though. I love it too. It's yeah. great. Hell Awaits is incredible. It's like something like out of like a horror comic. Um, it um, when I first saw it as a kid, I was almost scared. Yeah, to look I mean, at it. I mean, it's like just demons like ripping apart like people as they're descending to and hell just, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And there's just a lot to to kind of take in. And then you get to the Larry Carroll stuff, which is the Rain and Blood. Uh, did he do South too? And, and, seasons. and seasons. Yep. And then he and later came back and did Christ Illusion. You mm-hmm. know, and so you've got that Divine Intervention. Nah, not great. West kinda, Ben Scotter cover. Yeah, it's kind of a weird like it's you're entering like the Photoshop digital era. It's actually uh, all airbrushed. Is painted. it? Is it? Yep. And it's cool, but like, it's it's so because all I mean Slayer had the most I would say kind of art house. Like stuff I like it wasn't sure. like exactly what you thought you should have seen. No, for, it's very especially after Halloween and things but, like that. Yeah. But the Larry Carroll shit was just fucking weird. Yeah, you could stare at it and see all like the weird stuff, like on the rain cover, just yeah. staring at all the people in hell there were and hell, goats and shit all over the place yeah. and stuff. And you know, and, and I think like too, they did something really. They didn't have a mascot, but in some ways. Couldn't you make the argument that the mascot of Slayer is is that sort of pentagram with the swords? I mean, really, mm-hmm. that that is almost like it's an icon. It's a it's a symbol of Slayer that yeah. like you can see like anywhere. Whereas like I don't know if any of those other bands really had a symbol. Like you, there was no defining like 
nonverbal symbol that like when you saw it you're like oh that's metallica oh that's well metallica did the this later on they did the stupid just the m yeah symbol which i don't yeah really like um, but but to me i think without even letters like you yeah. saw that and it was like oh that's slayer like mm-hmm. i can see that pentagram. later on uh anthrax would go on to do the anthrax pentagram yeah that's true they have their kind of own little but thing. that wasn't until like the last couple records yeah you know? so so ultimately what what kind of did it for us is is we looked at like what covers do we enjoy the most what imagery have we gotten like the most sort of joy out of and as as sort of like iconic as the the Metallica records are and just looking at you can look you can show anybody like Injustice for All and they know what it is right the Lightning Master of Puppets I gain a lot more enjoyment out of the Slayer records mm-hmm. and and you as an artist like how do you kind of come down on this well, it's the, they're the ones that keep giving. They're like they're the movie that you you watch and you don't really at first you're like okay there's something there but I don't really get it. It's not directly, it's not just spelling everything out. Sure, like repeated viewings you get more out of it. Mm-hmm. And even like even some of like the lesser Slayer covers like Diablos and Musica still is kind of like has an interesting concept to it. Yeah, the sort of like ghostly yeah. kind of uh, ghoul kind of mm-hmm. looking sort of figure it almost reminds me of some like half-baked ideas that you ended up doing full versions of like with like eclipse covers like just weird esoteric kind of like like muted things you know what I yeah. mean? like like where you're just like kind of trying to obscure an image a little bit or like kind of just uh, taking yeah photography and it's, kind it's of more like, opaque or something you're sure. just doing weird things and like i don't know i think 98 is so the very beginning of like bad digital everything and so you well, got think, a lot of uh, that digital kind of stuff yeah that record know. was super similar to that smashing pumpkins a door it was like just stark black and white sure like yeah i think that was about the same thing. no yeah that was, was 97 i think was okay. the door you know and like god hates them all with like the bible like you know with like a nail through it i mean it's it again it's, it looks like covenant kind yeah of to it's, me, it's got like a kind of that sort of thing happening for it so yeah. So I think just in terms of consistent output and, like you said, the gift that keeps on giving, looking at these. Especially uh, the Larry Carroll's bear stuff, sure, I would say. For sure. That Slayer uh, Slayer wins out with images. And that is going to put Slayer just ahead in terms of... By uh, one point. Just by one point. Uh, it's going to give him 16 points to Metallica's 15. And so, you know, uh, you probably are, you know, there's probably people out there that are losing their minds who are hardcore Metallica fans and are angry. They're probably at this. not listening to the show. Oh, yeah, they're probably not listening <laughs> to the show. Or people that felt like uh, Megadeth got slighted or Anthrax got slighted. Or maybe you totally agree with us. But, uh, you know, it's been a fun little uh, rabbit hole journey down kind of how, how to look at the big four because, you know, we. And I'm not so married to any of these that I'm no. like, oh. Fight, fight. I, no. I think that I we think negotiated we're all, we're quite and debated and, yeah. and different things like that. You know, it's kind of like uh, there's some podcasts I listen to where they rank like episodes. Uh, there's a Seinfeld podcast I listen to where like they rank episodes after each one in regard to all the others, and a Buffy podcast I listen to where they put it and slot it and things like that. Mm-hmm. And there's always negotiations between the two people, and they're like, well, if you give me this, then it's got to be better than this, and 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 then they kind of it just settles and. And then it comes to like what time, what, how, I mean, Buffy, it's fucking what, 10 years yeah, after exactly. the thing came exactly. out. So you're going to so have a different. You're, you're having, yep. It's, it's different than like that emotional, like yeah. moment you just first watched or something. So, cause all these bands, I mean, I still love, you know, Slayer is still something I listen to on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, Metallica is something that's in my DNA at this yeah, point. You, just, you know, those albums, yeah. you know, um, and same for me with, with some of the, 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 the Megadeth and Anthrax has always for me been kind of second tier, I guess a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, I always knew, I think 
even before we did this, I knew that Slayer and Metallica would be probably fighting for first and second in my heart. Yeah. You yeah. know, regardless of what the categories at were. Least, just, yeah, in my personal just, taste, that's kind of where I was always at. And Metallica, I give more credit just because they... They started one of the bigger, yeah, and they're one of the bigger bands that like affected me for sure. My hit me at a really good key time in my life, like John Carpenter did, you know. So it's even if they do kind of shit, it's still more enjoyable than stuff I don't really like. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree, I agree. So let us know what you thought. Uh, Send us an email at Requiem Podcast at our Requiem, yeah, Requiem Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Podcast Requiem. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Leave us a star rating. Or Thank you, you so can, much uh, for all of the ra- – we've got some of the best reviews we ever have out there. Amazing stuff. So it's really good. So if you like what we're, we're doing, you know, very uh, very much give us some feedback. And like I said, pretty soon we're going to be getting something going, hopefully with some kind of either a Patreon page or, or something where, where people who want to donate to the show or, or kind of have a more direct feedback and, and mm-hmm. give us uh, – you know, some criticisms and things like that, or some show advice or show ideas or things. So we really do want to kind of, you know, get that going. So keep those in your back pocket and, and more, more info to come. We have some ideas that I think might uh, prove to be kind of fruitful and stuff. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Mark Jason uh, on Facebook. Used to be Mark and Jason, yeah, but yeah, we, I had to get rid of it. I, uh, so it's now Mark Jason. Um, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. So we are going to end with the winner uh, who has come out on top. Uh, Metal Storm has won, has defeated Phantom Lord, and now he must face the Slayer. He must face the Slayer, and so uh, enjoy Metal Storm face the Slayer from Show No Mercy. I am Jason, and I am Mark. Fuck the sword, love the pen, love the pen. That's my, that's my there you go.